Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. down. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. Today, we are speaking with a family and female-owned mom-and-pop brand, Small Commercial Kitchen, with intentionally curated products made with lots of love. We, are, we have lots of questions about her journey and the brand. We're super excited to get to know her better, so please welcome Tessie with Mitty's Medicinal to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Hello. Tessie. Thank you so much for being here today. We're so happy to have you on with us. Um, we always have to start from the very beginning. So let's start with how early on in your life um, did you, were you introduced to cannabis? Like where did that start for you? So I've actually been around it my entire life. Um, I didn't really grow up in a stigma of cannabis because it was a part of my family's everyday life. Okay. Um, my dad always was a heavy toker. Um, I remember Christmases with my great aunts and uncles. We had this like big Norwegian Christmas and afterwards they would, I had this huge five foot bong and after everybody left, like <laughs> all the elders sat around and toked <laughs> That's up. That's cool. <laughs> nice. That's dope. So, I mean, I've always been around it, um, knew what it was, never really understood like in dare class. Cause like all of my, all of my family were like fully functional, you know, like fully functional, kept jobs, respectable positions, things like that. So it just was never anything. Now, the only hindrance for me was growing up of, uh, you know, like having people come to your house, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and your dad just smoking like freely. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of like where our term heavy heads came from because my dad would be uh, I'd be like, hey, dad, I've got this new friend. Like, can they come over? And he's like, what's their dad's name? I'm like, I don't know. The last name's X, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, he's a heavy head. It's cool. You know? <laughs> That's like, cool. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, it's you know? funny. Your dad, your dad knew. Like, yeah. he wanted to know the person to see if he had a connection he's to like, see yeah, if they were cool. They're cool. They can come over. <laughs> You're not going to get in trouble, you know? That's that awesome. Cool. So, so you said Norwegian Christmas. Yeah. What does that entail? Uh, so my mom's side of the family are Norwegian. They're mm-hmm. from Norway. Um, so our Christmas, it's like kind of reminds me of like my big fat Greek wedding, you know, like they're really loud and, uh, really exciting, you know, like Mm -hmm. hookers, big grab you up, you're like big. (laughs) So our Christmases with them, uh, they're just like this big, loud, lively group of my family and all heavy stoners. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's that's like so, um, different and rare. I feel like for people to, grow up around cannabis and have just have it introduced in their lives like it was normalized Mm -hmm. from like adults surrounding you as a child you know that's not everyone's case but it I feel like that lays the groundwork Mm -hmm. for like what you're doing now but even just like you know everything you know and I don't the the stigma like you said it it was never there for you in the beginning because 
your family was so open and like honest about what yeah. they enjoyed doing. Especially culturally, because I feel like, you know, different cultures, it's not accepted as willingly. So the fact that you grew up around it being from a different culture and having that background, I feel like that's really cool. You know, yeah. it was it was like an everyday thing. That's awesome. <laughs> so have you been to Norway? No, you haven't. No. Do you have Bucket intentions list. of going there? Yeah. Good. Yeah, one day. Yeah. And we'll see the Northern Lights. Yes, one I day. agree. On my bucket list, too. So <laughs> how do you like to consume your cannabis? And do you have a routine or regimen you like to partake in? So I'm a microdoser. Um, I like, I've got to be full speed every day, all the time going. Uh, so I'm, I'm more of a microdoser. It's just more for me to take the edge off. You know, so um, that's super important to me. And I'm more, I'm not, I'm an antisocial toker. You know, so I don't like to consume in, like, large groups of people, things like that. Uh, Because for me, like, when I consume, it's my shutdown. Like, that's when I'm ready to turn my brain off, Mm -hmm. things like that. Like, my husband's totally different. You know, and Melinda, too, my partner, like, they can consume and just function. You Mm -hmm. know, and I'm like... No. It's not for everybody. No. At least you know what you're capable of, you know, with that and, like, without it. I think it you has know. a lot to do with your personality type, too. Yes. You know, I'm super extroverted. So I'm constantly go, 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 go. You know, I'm always comfortable in every setting I'm in. Like, my husband, he's super introverted. So in order for him to be comfortable, you know, with people, he consumes. Mm-hmm. You know, he works better. He does yes. all these things better. And I'm like, no, I need to talk to people. If I consume, I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. We're not talking anymore. It's definitely a personality <laughs> yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like early on though, like I kind of felt like that too though. Mm-hmm. Like but then I kind of like I got the hang of like microdosing like throughout work and like the job I was doing at the time, you know what I mean? And then and then it became more of like a Oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like I can still talk to people well. I can still function and like be a professional, you know, but like still feel good on top of that. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like I was I was always like trying to figure that out like you're saying like you know, you're like I can't, I'm, I can't. I got to talk to people. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a trial and error for sure, I feel like. I just zone. I'm like you yeah. know, it's, yeah. it brings me so much It's your peace. zen time. Yeah. 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 It's like a detox. I feel like the other day I was, there was a lot of people around me and I was overstimulated and I went home and I was just smoking a blunt, sitting on my bed, staring at the wall for probably like an hour, like no noise, nothing. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so that, <laughs> that was like, when you said zen, like that's what I pictured. There was a flashback to the other day because it was so just... That decompression was exactly what I needed, and to be able to do it was so. The silence was just <laughs> everything just, in yeah. one. And I'm like living it again. I'm like, I'm wow, like, that was so what amazing. Is silence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is this? And then when you're in it, you're like, wow. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so, what's the per- the picture perfect day like for you, Tessie? Like, if you didn't have responsibilities, no worries. Like, where would you be, and what would you be doing? Oh man, probably. Like when I shut down and I want like a day off, I want to like smoke a J, mm-hmm. sit in the hammock, like just do nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Period. Just be. I don't yeah. want to talk to other people. Like I just want to be just nothing. Yeah. That's it. But yeah. I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> I know. You're like a rare moment. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, people have those times. Yeah. You know? yeah. What yeah. is it like to be bored? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know those things. If you were to go like vacay somewhere, where would you be though? Oh, I love Colorado. Mm. The mountains, your mountain girl. Where's your favorite place in Colorado? 
Uh, so we went to Colorado. We stayed. Um, it's like a little town, Salida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, so there's a campsite at the base of Mount. I think it's Mount. Uh, Ida. I don't okay. know. My, I'm not know yeah. my places very well. So we stayed at a little campsite down there at the bottom where the river runs through. Okay. So the river comes in. And it's like the most amazing little campsite ever. And um, I love that place. Okay. Love it. Super love it. I don't, I'm not really big. Like if I'm going to go there, I don't really want to go to the touristy spots. Yeah, I understand that. And I've never yeah. been to Denver. Okay. Um, yeah. Denver's not my favorite. It's no. just too much. Been through Colorado Springs. Yeah. Um, went to Pueblo, like some places like that, but mm-hmm. um, more just like out in the mountains, kind of. That's off how the I prefer bit. as well. Yeah, the mountains are Everything. the mountains are home. They're calling my name. <laughs> yeah, my a lot of my family's like, oh, let's go to the beach. And I'm like, oh, I know. I kind of feel that. I kind of feel that because I can only stay in the heat for so long, and then once I'm done being in the heat, I'm done being in the heat. Yeah. So, but the mountains are a whole different story. Yes. They yes. are a different story for sure. But Salida, I've been there and I've had a really, I ate a good pizza spot Such there. It's a cute little town. It is. It is. It's like, it's like the little town you would, like you could see yourself living in if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. We stayed in like just north of it. I don't remember if it was like Grand Junk or something. And we went to the hot springs mm-hmm. around there. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. Yeah. Well, you should go back whenever you have the time. <laughs> One day. One yes. Day. <laughs> At what point did you realize cannabis was more than just getting high, but used medicinally and had so many ways and different ways of consumption? Um, I probably, I mean, I've used cannabis forever. So, yeah. um, you know, I, when we got started getting into the business is when I really started uh, exploring into more like edible wise, mm-hmm. aside from like, the great ants making some weed brownies here and there, you know, but like really started exploring microdosing and moving more away from flour. Um, Cause that pretty much was all that it was for me growing up was flour. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we started the business, we had a commercial kitchen. Um, Melinda started it 2011. Or so for the farmer's market. Okay. And so she made like all kinds of really good stuff in the farmer's market. And when 788 passed, we both were on the phone. We're like, all right, we've got Mitty's Kitchen. Now it's time for Mitty's Medicinals. Mm-hmm. And we knew that's what we wanted to do. Um, and so, because she has a long history with it as well. And that's when we really started getting into, like, making other more edibles. And that's when I really started using it more medicinally was when we started doing that. And I started noticing micros. I have fibromyalgia and different autoimmune stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, these edibles, they last mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. And, you know, they just hit your body different and um, just activating those different receptors. And so I just really started understanding how much more I could consume this for a more medicinal purpose at that point. And to last you a little bit longer through the yeah. day. That's yeah. awesome. But the, it's, all, it's double-sided because for me, that lead up on edibles mm-hmm. is provokes a lot of anxiety for me. You know, I've too many times have I like over medicated with it. Mm-hmm. So it provokes a ton. So that's when I really started um, that and some other factors and started really looking into um, researching nano. And I'm like, I need this faster. Yes. Like I need mm-hmm. it faster. It gives me a little too much anxiety and that like wait for it. So that's when we really started diving into nano. Okay. So we have some more questions about that in a little bit. But okay. in your own words, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. 
Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Oh, man. Who am I? (laughs) Um, So I'm a mother, and first and foremost, like anything and everything about my kids comes first. Um, I'm a business owner. And I mean, I don't even know, like, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the routine of everyday life that we somewhat forget, like, who are we really? Yes, Mm -hmm. totally. And that's kind of, I mean, I get that. I I struggle with a lot of like imposter syndrome, you know, like, like, wow, am I really doing this? Am I making this? Do I own this brand? Have I grown this, this many years, you know? Yeah. Um, Am I, am I who I think I am or who people think I am? But uh, it's a really kind of a loaded question. Yeah, it is. No, I get imposter syndrome so hard. Yeah. I feel like I've been going through waves of it lately. It's a weird thing, isn't it? It's a very strange thing, mm-hmm. you know, because I look at other people. Like when we started in this industry, there were some f- other females in the industry that I was like, wow, man, I really look up to them, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And now it's like come full circle that I have people that are like that with me. And I'm like, whoa, why? I'm just a normal everyday mm-hmm. person. Right. Like there's nothing special. I'm just a normal <laughs> yeah. folk. Like nothing normal different, folk. nothing I different like than that. you. Yeah. I know. Yeah. What initially made you want to dive into the cannabis industry? Like what was your background to before you we're doing this. Uh, so actually, I'm a tax accountant by trade. Okay. <laughs> um, so really, for me, besides helping her like business side mm-hmm. of things with the kitchen, um, I I never really did much. And I worked in special education for a long time. Um, that was definitely a leading factor. We have some friends that I seen a real need for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for their kids and things like that. So there's a lot of ex- you know surrounding factors, yeah. but I didn't really kind of grow up into like wanting to be cooking edibles or chef or anything like that, you know, like tax account by trade, have a master's degree, you know, things along those lines. Yeah. But, um, I always loved what Melinda did in the kitchen and farmer's market and very rooted in that. Yeah. And I've always really enjoyed like a more natural approach to things. Mm -hmm. I'm not very big on taking medications. Um, I do believe that, you know, some of that has a place and a purpose, but, um, it's not my go-to. Same. Yeah. So Same. I'm like, I, if I have a more natural route to it, I would mm-hmm. prefer that. Yes. Um, so, I mean, but I knew that there was going to be a need for real, true medicinal products, um, quality, you know, going to other states and things like you see just some of the crap that's out there, you yeah. know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just to put it literal, like crap. Yeah. But, um, and so I knew that like, with me and Melinda, we could really bring out some real quality products with a purpose. And, um, everything that we do has a purpose. Um, like our refreshers, like that truly was born and formulated from a deep rooted, you know, like need in my family to combat alcoholism, you know? So I grew up with a lot of addiction, things like that. So, um, that's probably what really fueled me the most is like being able to offer quality, 
alternatives to help combat different addictions. Yeah, that's awesome. It is cool. I love that. I have a heart and special place for that with like family too. So it's cool to see you, you know, come out in a different Mm -hmm. sense of, you know, from your family and other people to help them and to see a different side of that, you know, from alcohol versus cannabis and the benefits. Huge difference. Yeah. Um, My dad, he, uh, my dad had to have a liver transplant and I took care of him for 16 years. Most of those not knowing that he could have a liver transplant because he had been an addict. He had been an alcoholic. And, um, we finally, you know, find out, Oh, he's eligible for this, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and we fought for that and got it. And, you know, him overcoming opioid addiction was huge. Mm, huge. And cannabis was such a big part of like helping keep him on that pathway, you know, and with my mom, my mom was a really bad alcoholic as well. And I thought, God, I've got to, I got to get her out away from alcohol before she goes down the same path as my dad. Yeah. You know, like watching someone die of liver failure and horrible, you know, it's, it's such a, ugly disease yeah to watch. I mean it's terrible to see I mean like the transformations from your body and things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um I was like I gotta get her sober you know but yeah. it's a it's a habit for her in the sense that like she has so much pain you know autoimmune things like that right and so I was like how do I get this into a drink form yeah. how do I get into a drink form and mm-hmm. then I just started researching I spent thousands of hours researching and this was well before Nano really kind of came out around here. Yeah. And so I developed the refreshers, and I told her, I'm like, one time, one week, switch your rum and coke for a refresher and coke. Just one, give me one week. And I think in May she'll be four years sober. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And we have so many family members and friends on the same path. Okay. Yeah, that they're working towards with cannabis. Yeah, or, yeah. or sober. Yeah, yeah that's, that's so awesome. beautiful. And a lot that of is. a lot of our friends that have special needs children, mm-hmm. you know, like it's been so beneficial for their life as well. That fast onset with Nano, I mean, like, it's great. Yeah, that is great. That is awesome. So you are very open about how alcohol and addiction has affected your family, which is admirable because that's very difficult and uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable topic to discuss and talk about. People always have or often have the perception that cannabis adds to the addiction. What are your thoughts on that? And how have you seen, like, aside from family and it affecting your family in a positive way, how have you seen that herbal medicine in general has debunked that myth of cannabis adds to the the addiction? Yeah, I'm I'm totally against that. I mean, (laughs) it's totally false. And there's, there's so many ways. You know, being a business owner in this industry, you know, our market trends, our trends are, you know, our sales really show that it's not like your typical um, drugs, like hardcore drugs, you know, like mm-hmm. people, people don't spend their last dollar on cannabis. You know, when we have back to school, sales are down every single time. Back to school, sales are down. People are spending money on their children, yeah. back to school, things like that. Mm-hmm. When you get around the holidays, sales are down across the board you know, because people have to spend that money on Christmas and things like that, you know, so you can really watch, you know, throughout the year, you, I know when things will be low because people have other obligations to their family. mm -hmm. You know, people aren't out there like, this is probably like some people may get offended on the whole casino issue, you know, but casino is a similar addiction, Mm -hmm. you know, and people will spend their last dollar to try to make a dollar or like with, you know, my family and friends with opioid addiction, they spend every dime they have 
to get pills. Yes. Yeah. But you don't see that with cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If people have other priorities, they go without. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And people don't see that side of it. But it's, I mean, it's so relevant. You know, we have five years of of history, you know, and sales history to look at. And I can show you every single time mm-hmm. and around when it is and what other obligations people have during that time. And so, I mean, for that purpose, um, and there's not like withdrawal, you know, <laughs> like you don't mm-hmm. have those withdrawals. People yeah. still function. Everybody in my life that I've ever been around with cannabis, like I said, were um, very respectable professions. Mm-hmm. You know, they got up, went to work every day. Like, I get up, I work, I'm a mom, I do everything with my kids. All the things. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, for me, like, I know that it's not addicting. I mean, if I don't have it or if I – I don't even consume every day. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, for me, it's it's just on a need basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I would definitely say that it's not. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I just stereotypes. wanted to hear you. <laughs> uh, I just get so angry with people, and I'm like, No. Yeah. That is not how it works. I agree. If that's with that. how it works, then I would not have dips in sales during yes. these times of the year. Yeah, agreed. So, where did the name Middy's Medicinals come from? Uh, so, that actually came from Melinda's grandmother. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. So, we had Middy's Kitchen, which was the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And then we just went to Middy's Medicinals from there. That's awesome. I like it. It has a nice little ring to it. Yeah. It did. It, <laughs> it did. Does. We were on the, like I said, we were on the phone when it, the boats were all coming through and we're like, medicinals you know that just works yeah that's awesome so everything produced by middies has a purpose and a passion and a story like you said what are you all most known for uh probably our refreshers okay our nano um so like i said i spent thousands of hours researching i went through white papers other states that you know were starting to really get into the nano. I looked more into um, how I take botanical oils and you get botanical oils in like everyday things like our sodas or drinks, things like that. Um, So I really researched that, developed in-house a nano process, Um, worked out really well. You know, it took a lot of R&D, but I developed it in-house and we started putting out our refreshers. And it was really, and we also do full spectrum, which is full spectrum oil is a lot harder to nano than distillate is. Um, just there's more fats and lipids and things like that. And I developed something that worked by the grace of God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I did this? Yeah. Right? I'm not a scientist. Um, but I put together it and um, we started making the refreshers. And that was probably, that's probably most our well-known product that we have okay. is refreshers. We ended up moving our nano over into our gummies as well. Okay. And then we also make a powdered THC using organic emulsifiers. So most most of your things out there on the market use like multidextrin, things like that. But we use organic emulsifiers. And so we do, which is a form of a nano. It's mm-hmm. like a powdered nano um, that we do like hot chocolates. We infuse sugar without using alcohol. So most of your sugar is used, they like wash it in like the green dragon, you know, like the tincture, and then they cook off the alcohol. Well, we actually infuse sugar without using alcohol, so it's a super clean sugar. It emulsifies into your drink really well. Okay. So, and then like our hot chocolates and spiced chai and things like that. So um, that's probably what we're best in the The drink mixes. Yeah. That's awesome. That is cool. It's so different. So to be, to start off as start off as a tax accountant and then to become us I mean you're kind of a scientist because that takes a lot of science like what doing all the research is overwhelming in itself but then to sit there in front of all these different products and then be like okay where do I start to put this together 
do you remember that moment of like first starting to concoct your nano and then from that moment how long did it take till you had like you were like all right this is it like I've nailed it okay let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication herbage magazine they're in over 500 dispensaries statewide providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities for more information, visit herbagemag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. You know, it's just a couple sessions of little smoke sessions and sit yeah. around brainstorming. That's when I do my best, best yes. brainstorming um, to myself because that's like when my brain's the most quiet that I can think through things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we actually started off, when we started off, we made um, like peanut butter cups um, Melinda made cookies and we made a lot of really fun products. Um, my mom, she had like a classic hard candy recipe she made for us every year. So she does all of our hard candies. Oh, cool. So some of those things were just like things that we knew how to make. Yeah. Um, but the things that really took a lot of research all came from, from that need and that purpose. Like, you know, like need to help this person achieve this, mm -hmm. you know, and that's really where a lot of that came from. Um, like the refreshers and combating alcoholism and yeah, yeah. the quicker onset. So really a lot of those things came from um, people around us that we loved and cared about and their needs for this market. Yeah, that makes sense. You're, I like how you were, you just naturally listen to the people around you mm -hmm. and then put out what you feel like that's what people need and want, you know, Yeah, that's for the people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like our FICO, like we do a FICO and, that came from, you know, like family members around us struggling with cancer and needing something for them, you know. And so that's when we really started pushing that product. Yeah, because you want to be able to hand that product to a I, friend. I want people that family. I that I love that trust me. Yeah. I want them to have something that they can trust. Yes. You know, that I can say, they're like, hey, I have this going on. I'm going to be like, I've got a product that you can trust that yeah. we know is good and safe. And this is what I want you to put into your body. Yeah, that's so fun to say that with confidence too, mm -hmm. you know, and to be like, I create this and I can stand behind it in confidence. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. So what do you take pride in with like each line of product you have? Like if you had to choose, what would you say is like your personal favorite? Uh, on the medicinal side, would be the refreshers. The refreshers, yeah. Are they, are they a daily thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's my um, that's my baby. Yes, I feel like oh, I need I to try a refresher you. now. <laughs> I must try a refresher <laughs> now. Melinda is a gummy queen. Okay, okay. She's a. I mean, she makes she makes all of our gummies, and she's she's got it down. Mm -hmm. like, they're beautiful and they're perfect. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but yeah, so those that's probably are two of our greatest things but for me personal attachment to a product is refreshers okay yeah i, I guess i could have guessed that yeah <laughs> the refreshers i'm yeah. gonna try that where where can you find the refreshers locally in oklahoma city oh, let me think oklahoma city mary jane's and more carries them okay. um on the spot i have to it's okay i'll google map it or i'll <laughs> weed maps it I'll, I'll be able to find it. No big deal. So you have a new functional can or mushroom line as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you offer patients and how that's beneficial? Yeah. So this is something we're um, starting. So after I'll give you a little history into where my, I was fueled from the functional mushrooms. Um, I in 2020 got COVID 
um, put me into a severe autoimmune flare. Um, severe autoimmune flare. Worst brain fog I've ever had in my life. Um, to the point that I was still doing taxes and the business. And I couldn't do taxes anymore. Like, I couldn't stay awake. Like, I was just, it was very debilitating. Yeah. Um, and so I started really researching other things. And that's when I started using Lion's Mane. Um, started using Lion's Mane and may have dabbled in some other um, other mushrooms. Mm-hmm. But um, I started using those to help combat that. And it was profound. You know, like, I just recently went to my rheumatologist um, a couple days ago and had new labs done. And when I first started seeing him, my inflammation markers were astronomical, you know, like they were just ungodly high and just major inflammation throughout my whole body. And then I went back and just got my lab results and he's just blown away. Like, he's like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to keep doing. I'm like, Cannabis and mushrooms. Uh, I love that. It gives me goosebumps. That's awesome. It's the best thing. I tell him, and I'm like, have you never researched lion's mane? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, come on, doc. You got to get with the times, you know? And he was an advocate for CBD. Okay, um, so, I mean, he was one, when we talked about it, he was like, he's open to it. He was very much, he had seen a lot of his patients have really good luck with CBD. Um, but we've been recently talking about the mushrooms and he's like, I've got to look into that, you yeah. know? And so, but, um, so that's when I, so I've, it's been a product that we've used mm-hmm. for, um, like a Melinda and I, just something that we've enjoyed lion's mane and cordyceps and things like that that have been really beneficial to us. And we're like, what are we doing? Why do we not have these products out? Like, these are things that we enjoy every day Mm -hmm. and we use. Why are we not letting other people? Like, we've been so caught up in this brand, you know, our medicinal side of things. Like, what What are we doing? Yeah. So um, it's our our first product that's coming out is Stacked, which is our beverage enhancer. Like, so it's a powdered water. You can put in water, loaded teas, things like that. So it has um, 500 milligrams of lion's mane and cordyceps and 500% of vitamin C in it. So that's the first product. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker. Mm -hmm. And most of your mushroom products out there are mushroom coffee. Um, That's not for me. (laughs) So I'm more of like a water, fruity kind of drinker. Um, And we also drink it. Melinda and I both drink this combination in spice chai. So I love Mm. a good iced chai. So um, it's something that we drink in there as well. So that's nice. Yeah, refreshing. That'll be one of the products that come out. We'll be with our functional mushrooms will be our spice chais and hot chocolates. And as well as the stacked, our new um, water beverage enhancers. But um, that's pretty much where it came from, an own personal need. I love that. That's it. Just goes right back to your products of yeah. the story and the passion. And if you don't see it, intention. create it. Yourself. I know. I know. It's, even when you were like, "What? What are we doing? Why haven't we been doing the mushroom thing?" It's like, it's like that's like those are those pivotal moments of like when creating or like something new, like change is coming. But it's like a light bulb moment of like, I've been, I've used this for my own brain fog. It's helped me. I know other people have that same thing. So like. Now we have another yeah. line that's so exciting. And I mean, you're trying one. Is it good? It's so good. I can't wait yeah. to try and it. And I love myself some good mushrooms and I needed, I didn't have coffee this morning. I do have a mushroom coffee, but I can't <laughs> drink it without like the right like things to make it taste right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm excited. You can't even tell there's mushrooms in there, right? No, no. It tastes like a strawberry limeade. Like that's what the flavor is. And 
it's truly very refreshing. So I'm, I'm super excited about this product. Yeah, no, I'm excited for you, but I'm also excited to be like, oh, well, maybe I just need these in the morning. I know, really. <laughs> It'll put me right. Yeah, my sister's a paramedic, and I mean, they drink Oh wow! energy drinks like crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to get you to try these. You're going to drink this. She's like, okay, okay, you know, if I ever get to see her. But, right. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I have several people and we, you know, we've tested out with people and my sister, my other sister, you know, I gave her one and she's like, I need another one of those. I'm about to mow and do all <laughs> yeah. these things, you know? Yeah. And so, and just, you know, I don't like, we can briefly, if you want to talk about the benefits of lion's yeah, mane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, Please. So lion's mane is really incredible. It's got, um, it promotes nerve growth factor, which is like what helps our nerves grow and build and things like that. And um, so it's it's a really good brain fuel product. Um, and that's where it came for me for the brain fog and the inflammation of the brain. Like it has a lot of different anti-inflammatory anti properties as well as, you know, just like nerve growth, things like that. So for that one was one that I automatically just started taking to help with it, with uh, my brain fog and the inflammation. And then cordyceps are just amazing mm -hmm. for energy, um, different anti-inflammatory properties, things like that. And then reishi is another really good one. And having autoimmune problems, it's an immune modulator. So if you have like autoimmune problems and it will help bring down some of those um, high immune responses. If you're immune suppressed, it'll help, but it, it kind of like regulates your immune system. So there's just so many uses for the functional mushrooms that people so don't beautiful. even realize. I know. It's like tapping into another like pot of gold that's mm -hmm. like you can get crystal mine crystals out of you know like it's <laughs> we've all been sheltered from I know but know? really yeah. that's that's what it comes down to mm -hmm. like there's so much beauty and healing properties and magic in the mushrooms and yeah. a lot every everybody can benefit from mm -hmm. them and this is just the functional ones yeah exactly. we haven't even tapped into the psychedelics yet yeah. yeah I I can nerd out on some psychedelic uh things i I definitely have a long like a very personal experience with that. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, coming out of post COVID, I started really looking into that. I'm like, I need my life back, yes. you know? And I started looking into microdosing and whoa, man, it's a game changer. It's a game, game changer. changer. It truly it is. is a truly a game changer. I tell people every day that like magic mushrooms will be revolutionary in mental health. Revolutionary. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we have so much mental health issues in our family. Mm -hmm. I have a family member who I'm not going to go into much details of who they are, but um, recently struggled. I lost my little brother to suicide, and oh this family member was struggling. And um, I thought, okay, I lose her or I try this. you know. And I tried it, and she's done like a complete full circle. I mean, I, she'd been hospitalized multiple times. Um, and she's just really come full circle and it's beautiful. It and is so beautiful. It is beautiful. You know, and I'm, and I'm just like, I wish I could just give it to everybody. I know. Yeah, I, I know. mean, really. Mm -hmm. And it makes you want to like give it to anyone who has problems with any type of addiction. Like you want it to be like a, a mass product that like all of Everybody's this wellness tried. center, you have them, you have them for these people, you know, like everyone has access. Yeah. yeah I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to really get into like, I love research. You know, so I love to get into the research. And so I really dived into when I started researching it, like 
how it works, you know, like the mechanism of action and what it does to your default mode network and your brain and like all of those. And I get really super excited and nerdy on those kind of things. (laughs) Yeah, as you said, and that's part of your personality too, I feel like with all the research and like Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't do it or don't want to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're like the one doing it and I I admire that so yeah you know like in school and college they're like oh you have to research I'm like I don't want to research this yes. yeah yes. you know but if you would have let me research this I mean I could have gone I wanted all to. out all day. yeah I <laughs> yeah. agree so speaking of research for people who are interested in cannabis or mushrooms it research can be super overwhelming where where would you say is a good per, a good place for them to start whether it be you know like wanting to grow or in regards to like well not grow but you know like you know what I mean where would or if you just want to learn about tapping into more on the medicinal side where would you start because I know sometimes Google can be so overwhelming so what would you say um you know it is really overwhelming having such a vast access to knowledge through in the internet but I'm kind of a person that for me I like to look at like collectively look at all sides and spectrums and know that the truth of what it is lies in the middle because most of these things we don't have a lot of really good thorough research for Mm -hmm. so you there's a lot of misinformation out there so for me I kind of go through and look at everything and then find the commonalities among them and go okay the truth of how this works or what it does is somewhere here in the middle um but um is there like a book you recommend If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. Are you a book reader? (laughs) Surely. (laughs) Um, I'm... I like to listen to books. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Listen, are you... An audio? Yeah. Um, I'm a book listener, too, so... So I probably, I don't even remember the name. The psychedelic book that I like is, uh, what is that book? Oh, God. I'm terrible at this. No, it's fine. There's a lot of good psychedelic books. See, I'm not a good person to go to of, like, where to go. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I look at everything. I know you're I put you on the spot there. I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) I'm like, God, I don't know. Um, I I watch a lot of YouTube. Okay. That's a good good place to go. Um, YouTube's always overwhelmed me, but yeah, I like, so for like, have you ever, if you're on, um, I think he's on Hulu. Are you talking about, uh, what's his face is pharmacopoeia? Yeah. It's good. It's good. That that is probably the most, sometimes it's hard for me to stay like attentive to super Mm -hmm. educational stuff. That's kind of going over my head. Hamilton's pharmacopoeia. Yes. But with him, it's like super enjoyable the way he breaks it down and just describes everything. Like I love getting high and watching that. Yeah. I like to watch a lot of documentaries on different cannabis stuff. Um, So I've watched a ton of documentaries, Um, but I would probably just talk to people that you trust as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's also a really good way to do things. I mean, people are always welcome to reach out to us on social media. Um, like um, we have Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's probably the best place. Um, but researching, you know, looking, talking to companies, people that you know, um, it, especially with our products, like I'm always open for people reaching out to us if they have questions or, you know, need a little more information. Yeah. There's some great people in Oklahoma too that have a wealth of knowledge um, in this, in the cannabis industry. 
you know, like um, I've done a lot of stuff, like seeing like Dr. Regina Nelson. Yeah, I really liked her. Um, And then what's what's the other lady's name? She does some stuff for a Dr. Pepper. Yes, yes, yes. does. Yeah, Yeah. Dr. Pepper. I like to listen to her. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of different people in the industry that have some really good information. We, I feel like we do have a lot of good resources at our fingertips, Mm -hmm. whether it's like classes or online stuff or Mm -hmm. people who have a wealth of knowledge. Really, so the community runs deep here. Yeah, it does. So, as a mom and pop brand, what would you say has been a challenge for you here in the Oklahoma cannabis industry? Uh, government overreach. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, that's absolutely one hundred percent. Um, you know, they think that they're, the government thinks that they're trying to crack down on the black market, and really they're pushing out the brands, the small brands, that um really look at the medicinal side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the people that really put their heart and soul into this. You know, you think about, like, would you rather buy your produce from a big box store or would you rather buy it from the farmer's market? And that's how I've seen the cannabis market. You know, it was such an easy, open um, way to enter. Mm -hmm. So, so many of us that came from real wholesome backgrounds and really cared about the medicinal side were able to get in. Like, it was a super low barrier to entry. And we were able to get in and make these really incredible things. But now, unless you have millions... You're getting shut out, you know, like the over-regulation and the way they're cracking down on us and the increasing in the fees and things like that is not fixing the black market. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it infiltrating fueling, it more, yeah. It is fueling the black market. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like I've, I've said many times lately, you know, when 780 passed, I was like, finally, like, oh, I'm not going to go to jail for a plant, right. you know. Yeah. And yeah. then now it's like, oh, God, but I may be fine to hear an out, like, mm-hmm. over a plant. You know, and we really try to be so compliance, like particular and do every single thing right. But it seems so much that one little clerical error mm-hmm. could cost you your business. Yeah. And it's, 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 you don't see that in other industries. Yeah. You know, right. like currently the OBN with this certificate of compliance, you know, yeah. our certificate of occupancy, like we're out in a rural area, never known we had to have it. Talk to businesses that are non-cannabis in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a certificate of occupancy. Mm-hmm. They operate their businesses, whether a mechanic shop or, you know, whatever they are, they have, they don't have a certificate of occupancy and they still, but now we've been in business for five years and if we don't have it, then we can't renew our license, you know? And then on top of that, our license went from, for the OBN from 500 to $2,500 dollars. I mean, it's like extortion, you know, yeah. um, and it's it's pushing out all of us that are really, truly here for the heart of cannabis, like mm-hmm. the real people that care about the medicinal side of things. You know, they, the state's like, oh, this is a medicinal program. It's a medicinal program. Well, then allow the people that are truly making medicinal products be there. Mm-hmm. It's not your large corporate companies that are going to put the cheapest product for the most dollar, you know, and it's really unfortunate. I could probably go on. <laughs> Listen, I hear you. Everything you're saying, I'm like, yep, you're right. You're right about that. It's devastating. It's devastating. Yeah. It's frustrating too, especially when you work so hard to build something that's healing so many people, helping so many people. Now is also your livelihood providing for you and your family that it can get ripped away so easily because a new regulation. If you don't have a bunch of money to throw at at the government. Yep. It's absolutely. I mean, you know, I look at it and, you know, I went to a OMA thing and I made a big speech to them about it. You know, that the heart of 788 are the people, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the small businesses. That's the true heart of 788. You know, 788, I know so many veterans, mm-hmm. you know, that struggled every day that got to go back to work and they got to work at transport companies and do these things and be productive again. Like I know so many like small farmers who during COVID lost their tail, mm-hmm. you know, through COVID, you know, like our farmer's market side was shut down when COVID happened. You know, like our market shut down for a couple years. Like we couldn't even produce those products anymore, you know, and have a place to sell them. And you see all these small farmers that, you know, like were able to like pay off debt and bring their farms back to life and all of that. And you have like dilapidated storefronts in these small towns that had money poured back into them and rejuvenated and brought back Mm -hmm. to life these small towns. Yes, they're dispensaries, but that landlord now has an income. Now he has a building that's up to code that he can, you know, when this all, if that store doesn't make it, he can rent out again. You know, like there was so much that this industry did and so much that life it brought back to there that they are just focusing on bad actors and they make it seem like our industry is the result of those bad actors Mm -hmm. and our industry the real true part of our industry is not a result of those bad that's not how those bad actors came the government not doing their job initially is how those guys came right Mm -hmm. you know it has nothing to do with us out here doing it right but we're all paying the consequences i know it's very twisted i know yeah Yeah. and there's so many people who are shutting down left and right cashed out their retirement to live this dream right yeah some of these people's dreams were no different than owning a you know owning a little bookstore Mm -hmm. it's real yeah so real yeah it's definitely a huge issue and it's like i don't know what the state thinks they're pushing out i mean you're fueling the black market in the sense of like why can't they look at it as for the people and the small Mm -hmm. you know but it's all um politics and there's mm-hmm. so much more involved in just caring about our precious mom and pop shops which yeah. we all care about but mm-hmm. to them it's just like um, you know it's kind of like maybe laughable another one i don't out. know yeah like trimming slimming mm-hmm. it down slimming the numbers down really that's for them that's all it is but you look at it like here you look at some of these large corporate stores you know like these big out-of-state brands mm-hmm. they've not done very well no. Yeah. You know, because, but you look at mom and pops, you know, that's, They're still you go rocking. to a pharmacy yeah. and you want them to know who you are. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Yeah. Like they want you to know who they are. Yep. They want to talk to you and chit chat about their everyday life. Mm-hmm. And they get that these small mom and pops, mm-hmm. you know, these large corporate stores are like, let me have your money. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Right. And, um, so it's just, it sucks. That it's going to be that way. Yeah. All you yeah. can do is try to ride out that wave as best as you can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So Tessie, if you could go back and tell your younger self anything or give her any advice, what would you say to her? Um, don't think you have to fall in love and get married at such a young age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's <laughs> real. That is. That's real. I've uh, never heard that before, so that's great advice. So I, it's something I think about a lot with my girls. Like, you know, growing up, I was always pushed, like, you have to grow up and you have to get married really soon and you've got to have a family and then this is your role in life, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I felt like I spent my younger years looking for love for so long, you know, like you got to have love. You got to find these things. And now that I'm older, I'm like, wish I would have lived, you know, like I'm so thankful for my kids and all of these things, Mm -hmm. but I wish I would have taken those opportunities. You know, I didn't go immediately to college or to the college that I wanted Mm -hmm. because, 
you know, of relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, or like things that I missed out that I wish I would have had those experiences, like a senior trip. I missed out because of relationships. I know. (laughs) I know it. God, like I wish I would have known that I don't have to hurry up and find love and get married. That's so vital. I mean, that's really great advice. Anyone listening is probably lucky to receive that, but (laughs) I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm 31. I'm not married yet, but I've always been in the, you know, that whole tradition has always like drove me mad just to, you know, to think like when I was younger, I thought by 25 that I should be married and have, a, you know, a free, something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that is when I was 25. Yeah. I'm like, there was, I was in no shape for any of that. So yeah. like how how could that little tradition thing of what I should be doing work, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's so many people who I've seen who like I went to school with or grew up with and they got married at a young age and they ended up divorcing their person because of the reasons you're talking about. You got to have time to find you. Yeah. You know, so important, you know, like I, that's me. Like I've, I've been in these, you know, pretty committed relationships since I was young, since I was six, 16 years old and I never really had a chance to figure out, like, who did I really want to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I did this because I had to do this. Right. You know, but I just, if anything, I have girls, you know, mm-hmm. and I just want my girls to know, like, yeah. you don't have to go find love right now. Oh, like, let them know that. I'm one yeah. of four girls, love and that's so you. important. Find yes. you, find who you want to be, mm-hmm. you know, and love yourself yeah. before you're ever going to find anybody that you love. Like, yeah. that's the one thing that I wish my it's girls, huge. I hope my girls do. Yeah. Well, you're a good that's mama for advice. teaching that and pouring yeah. into them with that because that's. And don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another <laughs> nail in the coffin. That one's a great one. So what's the stigma surrounding cannabis you would like to see changed? Um, would definitely be that, that it's uh, like we went back and talked about earlier that, you know, the people can't be functional or be um like the typical lazy stoners or you know different things like that probably that aspect of that people that it rules people's lives yes Mm -hmm. um I don't want people to think that it rules people's lives you know it's not as and it's not addictive like people think that it is um probably more along those lines like just leave people alone yeah let people live let people live let them medicate naturally you know, let them do what their body speaks to them to do. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, like breaking that stigma of like, oh, unless you're taking a pharmaceutical, you're never going to get better. Um, let let people do their research and feed their body and fuel their body the way that they feel that their body needs. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Tessie, I think this wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. You were such a treat. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yes, we really enjoyed you. And for all of those who want to keep up with what they're doing and what they're up to over at Mitty's Medicinals, check out their Instagram. It's at mittysmedicinals.ok or on their website at mittysmedicinals.com. Thank you to everyone for tuning into today's episode. Stay tuned for next week. And as always, Bran. And stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.